Put him on his back. Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the end goal almost. Hodgson cuts it off. Hodgson taken by Norton. He took him late. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Johnson away. And a very, very good evening, folks. Tuesday, 6th of February, 2024. Back for another episode of Tiger Town Podcast. I'm Zach. He's Toby. As always, introduced last week, brought to you by Best On Ground Digital, the digital marketing agency that looks after the little guys. Like we said last week, we've done a fair bit of work with Best On Ground Digital. Awesome fellas. Um, if you're looking for anything marketing-wise, they're your go-to. You'll find them at bestongrounddigital.com. Mate, Toby, there's the intro. How are you going, champion? Oh, mate, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, first uh, first show last week and got back in the groove of it. And yeah, just keen to keep get this ball rolling. We've had uh, quite a few positive comments about last week as well, which is awesome. Uh, you Absolutely. Know, very, very happy that the fan base just keeps growing. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's it, like kind of mind blowing to think that this started off as just a little pet project for you and I in terms of just getting our thoughts out there and seeing if people agreed or disagreed. And yeah, it's starting to get a bit of traction. So yeah, really excited. Yeah, it's nice. And and we've said, we've said countless times just how grateful we are to everybody for the support and, uh, and the feedback. It's, it's, it's awesome. Some of the, the comments we had in the past week were really nice and um, people stoked to, to have us back for some reason. So we're glad that you enjoy uh, yeah. what we put out there and um, yeah, we're going to keep doing it, doing it long into the sunset. So oh, long yeah. may continue. Oh, yeah. Mate, we'll have you had a good week yourself? Fifty, or? sixty years old doing this. Sorry, say that again. We'll be fifty, sixty years old doing this. Yeah, not as far as what, not as far away as you might think, my friend. Yeah, it sucks. How's your week been, buddy? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Yep. Just uh, work and family. You know, back in the full swing after Christmas. So, you know, just got to get back into the daily duties. What about yourself? Yeah, that sounds pretty stock standard. I think we're all in the same boat at the minute, aren't we? We're- yeah into the meat and potatoes of February and, um, yeah, what's on the horizon? Easter, maybe? Yeah. So, and a little yeah. bit away at this stage, so it's about knuckling down and doing a bit of work. Yeah, pretty exciting. We, um, my, my missus and I decided to take the, we're going to take the girls to the first Leichhardt game, their first Leichhardt game. So we'll be down there, I think, June. we got, we got the Titans on a Saturday afternoon. So we're going to take okay. the girls down there for their first Leichhardt game, which is uh, – yeah, if anyone's uh, if anyone knows me, they know that if my girls don't go for the Tigers, they sleep outside, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's being pretty generous, I think, personally. Um, yeah. You know, don't set foot on the property would be more what I'd be sort of <laughs> uh, be leaning towards. But you know, with mine um, only sitting there, at, I guess they're less. You know, one of them's nearly three, and the other one's six months. Well, a little bit of time to sort of. Maybe, yeah. you know, pointing them in the Brand right water. direction. Brainwashing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, you got it. I mean, oh, yeah. some call it brainwashing. Some call it just imparting your passion upon your offspring. But Passion and wisdom. That's uh, that's what we do here. I, um, there was a bit of footy on the weekend. It was. It was, yeah. Um, didn't watch it live. Watched the highlights actually just recently because <laughs> I kind of um, – yeah, to be honest, didn't have time. So, you know, just before we kicked off the pod, I had a bit of a look at the highlights and, yeah, it made me uh, very, again, we've we've known how promising our juniors are coming through and 
yeah, it just keeps rolling on. Yeah, a few good little results here on the um, on the weekend. We might just run through it for those people that uh, aren't up to speed. They are on the West Tigers website as well. But we mentioned last week that a few of the girls' pathways competitions, as well as um, the many junior boys' pathways, uh, kicked off. I said trials last week. My mistake. They're actually uh, into the round one. So I'm just going to run through them super quickly. Uh, I'm, I might make mention probably of some of the SG ball um Incidents or, uh, I guess, notes that we, we could take just, just very quickly, uh, primarily because some of our uh, – we actually had a few players in our top 30 that were in the SG ball side. Uh, for yep. those playing at home, that's under 19. So it is interesting. Um, we'll put a, we'll talk about a couple of bits and pieces to do with that. But first and foremost, uh, we had the under-17s girls. So the Lisa Fiaola uh, Cup, I think is how you say it. Uh, narrow win over the Sharkies, 20-18, to 18, which was a good first round outing for the young girls there. Um, the <clears throat> the Tasha Gale, though, or the Tasha Gale, sorry, which is the under-19, so it's the female SG ball equivalent. I think we're probably a little bit more familiar with the Tasha Gale name. Uh, narrow, another narrow game, but they just went down to the Sharkies, 22-18. So in both of those games, and good to get one out of two. Um, the, I'm going to skip the SG ball for the minute because I'm going to circle back to that. Uh, Harold Matz. So Harold Matz is the boys' juniors under-17s. Uh, Balmain, obviously, in Harold Matz and SG ball, the sides are split into Balmain and Wests still, and then they come back together for a Wests um, Tigers jersey flag side. Now, uh, the other thing to mention as well is in the other um, in the other competitions that were in the 16s and the 18s, the um, Andrew Johns and Laurie Daly Cups, they are known as the MacArthur Wests Tigers, and it is one conglomerate of which junior clubs feed into, is my understanding. But anybody out there, if you've got a bit more knowledge, I know some of the boys on the other podcasts uh, really knee deep into some of this stuff, let us know. Anyway, I'm blabbering on enough. Uh, the Harold Matts Balmain side copped a bit of a flogging first up, so 32 to 6. Balmain went down to the Sharkies. Uh, that's a familiar scoreline for old Balmain diehards. Happened a fair bit on our watch. Uh, the we so Andrew Johns, which is the under sixteens competition. We sort of run parallel, uh, but different teams set up. MacArthur West Tigers got a win over the Western Rams, uh, which was twenty four twenty. And in that game, they actually scored. Was it that game? Uh, yeah, they scored three tries in the final six minutes to win. So yeah, you might you say they maybe got away with it or they clicked into gear very, very late in the game. But uh, you'll take that one for a good first outing. And in the under-18s, which is a Laurie Daly Cup, mate, um, MacArthur West Tigers once again got another narrow win over the same side, the Western Rams, 26-22. So, um, yeah, not bad all told there. Now, if I circle back to SG Ball, obviously it's, um, you know, we've got a few a few players uh, in those sides, not so much in the Balmain side. So I'll mention the Balmain side. Uh, they copped a bit of a touch-up from the Sharkies once more, uh, 44 to 18. Now, there are a couple of young players that are on the radar, I think, of our junior squads in that side, but no real standout names that you may have heard um, uh, at this stage yet. But if we're thinking about a name, to, to, a name or two, sorry, to keep uh, an eye on, for future reference, Cameron Canaan or Canaan, uh, who played fullback, good little player. Mark Tannis uh, played halfback, good little player as well. And then another one that I've got my eye on, other than the captain, uh, Kayan Edmid, which was um, the Edmid from the 90s, who played for Balmain. 
young fella was where are we? Uh, no, forget it. The other name that I missed was a Harold Matt side, Harold Matt's player. So the only other game that we need to mention, and I've left it till last because I just wanted to have a brief chat about it, was the Magpies SG Ball under-19 side got a win, 42-18 over the Seagulls. Now, the Magpies Wests, the West Magpies under-18s SG Ball side is an interesting one because that is probably the side that we tend to stack most of our promising juniors in. Mm. I don't know the rationale behind that, whether it's locale or, or whatnot. Maybe it's an organic feeder um, where those players are out that way anyway. I'm not sure. But um, it's particular, particularly interesting that Magpies SG ball side because there's several players in there that, if not development deals, top 30 or at the very least are names that you'll probably hear a lot of. And if I if I go through the back line there that started last week, Heath Mason, so he played, uh, played, played. He trained with the top 30 side over the summer. My understanding, he's a development deal next year. Uh, I'd have to double check. William Craig, you'll hear a bit more out of him. He played on the wing, can play wing centre, good up and coming young player. Nav Willett, so we've spoken about Nav Willett a little bit, coming down from Taree. A young fellow was in the Swans Academy briefly uh, and spurned them to come and sign with the Tigers. He scored a double, quite handy, as did, I will say, Heath Mason at fullback, the other player that did the, the top 30 Summer training. So Nav Willett in centre, he did. He trained with the top 30 as well. Luke Lalaliti, a strong, powerful winger in the Brian Toto mould, he played at centre. Didn't see a whole lot from him in the game. Obviously didn't watch the game, but didn't hear how he went. So anybody who was down there, let us know. He's the younger brother of Kit. Uh, another name that you might want to keep an eye on, Jordan Miller. We know he's in our top 30 this year. Uh, big up-and-coming prop. A lot of uh, good raps on him. And then obviously Talender Silva, who's played a handful of first grade games now. We're all pretty familiar or are becoming familiar with uh, Talon and, and what he has to offer. To be perfectly frank, uh, he walked it in. So yeah. you watch the highlights earlier, mate. What did you make of Talon's, um, Talon's input just in the small little snippets that you saw? Oh, it's just, yeah, like if, if anyone wants to watch the highlights, they're on, um, they're on the New South Wales Cup website, on New South Wales Rugby League website. Um, but yeah, basically he, he's playing well below his grade is what it looked like. He looked like a man playing with boys. Um, you know, he's put on a bit of size in the off season. It looks like he's a bit more stockier. That was uh, noticeable, wasn't it? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Didn't, he didn't uh, even look like him from a distance. No, no, it looked like, <laughs> looked like he hit puberty <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but he had a support play in there. Looked like he was doing it at half pace when he was running yeah. through the middle. Uh, yeah. Also um, had a lot of a few scoots, but he also had a little barging run from dummy half to score as well. And it looked like if I, it looked like a, a barging centre going over their opposing number. That's what it looked like. But it was just talent. So yeah, exactly right, mate. And you know, it's not surprising that he's not named this week. I think that was just a bit of a blowout the cobwebs game for him. He hasn't obviously played since the back end of last year and. Uh, it was plain as the nose on your face to see how well and truly above SG Ball he is in a single game. Fun fact, courtesy of uh, Nothing But West Tigers on Twitter, who is a fantastic Twitter account. If you haven't heard of him, he or she, sorry, I'm not going to make assumptions. Uh, brilliant. Covers covers all the far corners of the Tigers club. Yep. Particularly juniors very well. Uh, he made a note and, and shared a stat that was interesting on talent. He played nine SG Ball games last year. Obviously, they have a pretty short season of nine games. Has scored a try in every single one of them, then started this year with a double. 
in his first. So he scored 10 tries in uh, nine SG ball games and uh, he's a hooker. I think he even had a hand in another couple as well. So it was yeah. good to see doubles from those um, those players that were in the top 30 side and you could tell that, yeah, they, were, they kind of walked it in a little bit there. So, yeah, it's a pleasing start for what is probably our premier junior pathway, excuse me, junior pathway side, I would imagine, mate. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely. I, I'm very keen to see a little bit more, and I mentioned him last week in Nate Willett, I'm very keen to see a bit more of him. So I think I'll be watching a fair bit of um, SG Ball this year. Uh, obviously, I kind of need to now, now that we have all of these amazing listeners that mm-hmm. hang on every, you know, sentence that I speak. But, um, yeah, definitely want to watch a bit more of him. Be interesting to see if he gets a little bit more of um, under-20s or if he even moves up to a little bit of uh, New South Wales Cup action, which would be very interesting. So It'd be really interesting, I agree, to see what they do with their strongest ball players. I've got no doubt that the strongest guys will play flag at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Talon, obviously, at some point in the year, is probably going to play, play NRL again. He's probably going to play a, a decent handful of games between him and, him and Simpkin. They're just sort of filling when Appy's not available for uh, various points throughout the year. Hopefully not too much. Um, yeah, but the likes of Miller, you would expect to see play a bit of flag and probably many of those other names as well. Um, and look, the jump between SG ball and flag is obviously a step. And then obviously for, to New South Wales Cup, you're, you're playing against somewhat hardened veteran men to a degree. So yeah. those are step ups in um, in level. So yeah, it will be interesting to see how they kick on as well. But it's important to remember under 19s, you know, a lot of these kids are fresh out of school and 18 years of age, as much as they're starting to begin to look like men, um, it, uh, it's very easy to put the cart before the horse and, and think that they're here yet when realistically some of these names we're mentioning, with the exception of, you know, the likes of Talon and whatnot, they're probably more 2025, 20, 26, 27 propositions. Oh, uh, but well. as you said, it's exciting to see them coming through. Yeah, especially those forwards. Like we, we know that, you know, the the forwards don't really develop into the, the hardened shell that they are until mid-20s, late-20s even. Mm. Um, and so a lot of these kids are still growing they're still filling out they're still you know it's that they're still also learning the craft and they're still improving aspects of their game that they don't like that obviously don't come natural to them and perfect example is i said to you when i was watching the highlights that you know jordan miller had a couple of poor misses in the middle but that's just fatigue that's all that is is just fatigue you know things that he's just got to keep building on and keep working and that's what the next three four years are all about is these players getting a bit more game time, a bit more, you know, professionalism behind them. So, yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the more they're exposed to in a, in a variety of different settings and circumstances, whether it's training over the summer in the main squad, whether it's playing those different divisions that we spoke about, um, each taste that they get will only improve them in the long term, I think. I 100% agree, 100% agree. Like the um the schedule tonight that we were talking about and, and addressing everybody as well obviously uh, is we thought we'd throw in a slightly too early uh, not predicted team but the type of team that we would trot out given the current squad and in as as we go and as we explain each of our sides and we'll give each person uh, the mic as it were to sort of to walk through that and maybe ask a few questions as we go um, we might explore some of the depth options that we have as we go as well. Uh, and that will give us a chance to sort of um, uh, maybe maybe blow that wide open, whatnot as well. Now we know that we know that some of these are going to be contentious, but that's sort of the point tonight. I think is we're going to, I guess, explain our rationale behind types of selections that we wouldn't mind seeing. 
a couple of them, I dare say, mate, I don't want to speak for you, but a couple of them might be um, not unrealistic, but probably unlikely to be the likely yeah. selection come round two, which is our first game, obviously. And um, But if you've got anything that you disagree with, if you've got your own side selection, I want to specifically ask this week, if you get the chance, Facebook or on the YouTube, even on the YouTube comments page, throw your team in because there's so many combinations that we can um, that we can play around with and and I feel like I'm missing a, a piece or two there and and so I'd love to hear from from all you guys listening uh, if you get the chance throw your one to seventeen in and and uh, explain away and and tell us a little bit what you're thinking not so much where you think Benji's going to go but maybe what you'd like to see and, and yeah read why. yeah because we can all sit there and we can pre- like predict pretty comfortably where Benji will go like there's obviously a couple of unknowns that we're not yep. 100% sure of, but we're 80% certain of what he'd pick. It's more, what will you want to see out there? What would you personally like to field? If you were Benji's shoes and you thought this is the direction that we need to go, just chuck your comment in there and just let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, you'll have the chance to do it on there or even better on YouTube as well. Cause we can interact on either one and we get a few conversations going in as well. Cause to be perfectly honest, this time of year is really exciting, mate, for me. Like it, to to have a look at the options that you got, and we've got a bit of a personnel, quite a few, I should say, personnel changes. So it's one of those situations where we can be, um, we we can sort of get in the laboratory a bit, and then yeah, play well, around with some. It's not to be understated too. This is our last pod before we can actually talk about a game mm. because it's the first preseason challenge game next week. So you know yeah. we got to we got to tick this one off first. Absolutely. And, you know, hopefully this time next week we might have an idea of what the, the squad looks like for the first trial. Although mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see, I guess, um, who is left out from it. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll explore that a little bit more next week, well, maybe. Fingers, fingers crossed they release it before we record the next pod because they do tend to release the preseason challenge teams a bit later than uh, we would like. So that is true. We'll have to wait and see. My friend, yeah. I'm going to throw the platform to you. And what I think we might do, we'll, we'll work through, you rip through your 1-17 to 17 straight up. Mm-hmm. And then we might maybe explore a couple of the reasons why. And then we might look at the depth of the backs uh, from yep. your side and what backs look like. I'll then yep. jump into mine maybe and we might look at the depth in our forwards uh, off the back of mine, mate. So well, over to you. I'm thinking that we look at the 1-17, to 17, but when we go through the 1-17, to 17, we also name their backup. So if they go down, who would we put in there as a replacement? Because that would look at the depth as well. So, yep. So I think we all know who's going to be there at fullback, or who we want to be there at fullback, and that is Buller. Um, outstanding debut season last year. We were talking about this last year. I think you mentioned Buller, and maybe Sheenzy had mentioned Buller as a smoky. Sheenzy um, definitely had, and I, my comments were off the back of that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it wasn't on anyone's real radar bar the people on the inside. Um, hadn't heard anything. I personally hadn't heard anything about Buller. So I had I'd no actually, idea. I actually watched him in New South Wales Cup in 22 um, and didn't – he looked good, but I didn't expect him to explode the way he did. It did no, I he, threw him, he didn't I have think, the look of a person that was owning New South Wales Cup in 22. Yeah. I, um, I think he played in the first trial too against the Warriors. I think he came on in the second half. Didn't set the world on fire for me. Um, yeah, but the bloke just went from strength to strength, and I think he can go even better under Benji's yep. tutelage. I think that 
it's funny. I was listening to a podcast. Um, it was an old podcast, actually. It was from, I think it was the back end of last year or the start of this year. And Appy was on it. Um, I think it was with Isaac John, the old Penrith player. He hosts the podcast. The, the Marty um, Luke Brooks. The what? He looks like the, the Marty Luke Brooks, the Mary Luke Brooks. Okay. I'll go with you on you, that. <laughs> anybody who's seen Isaac John on his podcast, you put them side by side. He looks like the Kiwi version of Luke Brooks. It's hilarious. All right, anyway. I'm, going to to, I'm going to have to look at that through a different lens now. But um, I mean, you're explaining yeah, just being picked at fullback. He's probably yeah, second. Yeah, got a little bit of tangent at the same time, but I'll come back to it. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, do the roundabout. But uh, happy right. said we'll be, we'll be here on midnight at this pace. But yeah, no, right. yeah, that's cool. Um, I uh, yeah, he said that Benji's obviously different in how he approaches coaching than Sheen's was. Sheen's was very much let's try to. Um, you know, let's try to pass the ball, let's defend, let's do that. You know, we want to be the strategist or this and that. Where Benji obviously has taken on board the way that Wayne Bennett coaches. He's very much a people person and tries to get the best out of his player. I think he's going to do that very, very well for Buller. And then obviously we talked about the Greg Inglis uh, mentorship that has come on board, and I think that can only help him as well. So... Buller as obviously primary, as secondary if he goes down, is my next choice for the wing is Staines, obviously. Yep. So yep. So Staines is my first winger for you know, we, I, I've spoken at nauseum about him uh, last year, how I was just super impressed with how he performed, how he dug in, how he ran, read defenses quite well for a winger. Wingers uh, you know, we, we can just Talk about Noffa's reads all day long, but he Noffa's not the only winger that does that. You know, wingers are tend do tend to not be fantastic defenders. They tend to be like good defenders. But Staines's reads were really, really, really good, um, and he was a very serviceable backup and fullback. So he's my first winger, and if he goes down, uh, I've got Naden as my backup. So Naden's not starting for me, and I'll tell you why in a sec. Uh, I'll go to my other winger, so I'll finish off the wingers. It's actually Alex Lobb. So I've got Alex Lobb starting, and I've got him starting for two reasons. One, his height. I think that is something that we desperately need. We've got Staines isn't short by any means, but he's not tall. Alex Lobb, I think, is 194 centimetres, something like that. So he's tall. Six foot four, six foot three. Huh? Six five. Six five. So he's tall. Oh, dude. Yep. But it's also his goal kicking. His goal kicking efficiencies, I think, is at like 89%. Uh, quote me, I could be pulling that number out of my ass, but I'm pretty certain it's quite good. Um, and I think that is something that has let us down a lot in the past, is having a very serviceable goal kicker. We thought we had it with Dewey a couple of years ago, but then even his were, you know, touch and go sometimes. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, like, you know, Appy picked up um, a couple there. Brooks even did it a bit. So I, that's why I've got Lob there. Um, okay. And my backup for that is actually Tupo. So. Yep. So reason, reasons for not picking Tupo in your side? Just the fact he's, he's signed elsewhere? Yeah, he's signed elsewhere. I think okay. that, you know, he's done done good for us. Don't get me wrong. He, uh, 
you know, I wish he stayed and, you know, I was a bit disappointed when he signed somewhere else. But, you know, it's about looking to the future now. It's about, you know, if he's the best person for the job at the time and he's actually playing really good football and he's going to win us games, sure, why not? But, you know, Lob's there on a development contract, which means that, you know, he can, um, oh, shit. He can't actually play around. Okay, well, we're not playing yes, that. Yes, he can. Oh, it's the New South Wales Cup. Yeah, okay. Training trialist can't play until round eight. No, That's sorry, it. round 10. It was round eight. Um, the uh, development guys can play from round one. Um, yeah, okay. So, Tupo, I lob over Tupo for those reasons. I think that... And I think also we, we probably... Uh, we probably both see Tupo as more of a centre too. Uh, I think Lobb is more of a specialist winger as well. So, yep. Uh, for my centres, I think the first one's pretty obvious uh, is Olam. You know, we signed him for a reason. He's a defensive centre that, oh, well, he's sorry, he's a powerhouse centre that can be quite um, devastating defence, but more so in attack. You know, he's. He runs very much like a, um, you know, like a Semirad Raja or a Taniela Tuaki. Doesn't look for the gaps or the steps. He just runs over the top of you. So um, I think that's definitely something that we're missing. And also the fact that even Benji himself, whether he was talking him up or not, uh, said he is the loudest center he's ever played against. And like you said it last week, center is such a pivotal point, a pivotal position in terms of defense you need to be quite loud and you need to make the right choices the majority of the time because if you don't it affects your inside it affects your outside um and it can even affect your fullback pretty significantly so yep Uh, if if he's not in there um i've probably got naden filling in for both either stains or all because we both know that naden's pretty good at both but uh if I had to go if Naden's already taken as a backup. Um, I'm thinking probably more Felitti, but that's only because if you know, let, let's say for instance my whole team goes down at the exact same time and I have to fill that again, uh, it's probably Felitti because lack of options again there. Um, because my other centre is top. I liked more of what I saw from him last year than than I disliked, and that's probably by a significant margin. I think he did a lot of very, very good things in attack. He did a lot of serviceable things in defense. Uh, I still think that's probably a part where he can improve. Um, But yeah, I think he's done more than enough to show me that he deserves that the first crack at that. Uh, that that center position. So sure, mate. Then, well, I might jump in and, and do my backs maybe while we're talking backs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to disagree with what you said. Um, I've got Bullis, Staines, Olam, Toa, and Tupo. So very very similar. Um, Staines is my backup fullback for Buller for obvious reasons. He's played bits and pieces of it, particularly in the juniors. Uh, he's very quick. His positional play is very good. Doesn't have much of a passing game, but um, I would much rather have a safe high percentage defensive style fullback, I guess, at the back, someone's in position, more so than somebody who's a bit more of a threat. So in some ways, he's sort of the anti-Dewey when he, when Dewey was playing there. 
do his positional play and, and speed across the ground was awful, but he was a bit more of a threat with ball in hand. I see Staines as the opposite to that. You've spoken everything about Buller. We all know what Buller's got to offer. We know what his next step looks like, and hopefully he can take it. Olam is a walk-up start. We know that. Um, I've picked Toa in the centres. Uh, not dissimilar to you. I actually think he's trending upwards. I th- I didn't actually – there was very few games I was disappointed in Toa. I can think of maybe one game, and I can't even remember the specifics of it, but there was one game that I was cursing him out a little bit, which was frustrating. Uh, outside of that, I think he just goes about his business. And then occasionally he has those fire games like he had against the Cowboys when he um, completely scorched um, Valentine, Holmes, Valentine Holmes all night. I think that as he gets a bit more mature, I would like to see that happen a little bit more, obviously. I think that he's shown that he's got a bit more of it to come, and I think that comes with maturity. But like I said, even Toa's bad games, I think he actually gets overlooked a lot in that he doesn't get noticed, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, in my mm-hmm. opinion, defensively. Um, I think he has done a pretty reasonable job there for the most part. I know that he had his defensive issues earlier in his career, perhaps 22 or even maybe at the start of last year. Uh, a couple of little mishaps, but yeah, i got Toa in there. Uh, and then Tupo is my other wing. I think he's the, the next best winger available at the moment, as much as he's going to the Dolphins. I don't think there's anybody else that can usurp him at the moment for me. My backup wingers are Naden Lobb and Alan Marlowe, um, of which I would almost be tempted to pick Alan Marlowe first, provided his first few games are fine. And the reason I would pick Alan Marlowe first is he has tasted the top level in rug, Super Rugby. And in terms of being overawed, you can make the comparisons to when Jared Hayne went and played NFL. Uh, for the Niners, a lot of the comments around the time was that he wasn't overawed by the situation because he'd played in rugby league on similar levels in terms of hype and crowds and audience and spotlight and cameras and all that sort of jazz. So I don't expect somebody like Alamalo to come in provided he hits the ground running. I don't expect that to phase him too much. So he would be a pick um, for me there, probably in both centre and wing. He'd probably be my, my first pick replacement. Uh, although Naden would be a close second as well. So they're probably touch and go, those two, for me. The only other name he didn't mention is um, Solomon Fatape that we spoke about from East mm-hmm. Tigers. Uh, similar, I see, to Felidi in terms of defensive uh, deficiencies from what we've heard so far are where the work needs to be done. But Fatape's got the plus side of being a couple of years older, still only 23, but he's been destroying sides in the Queensland Cup uh, with the ball. So in terms of attack, uh, he's he's um, he's got it all there. So those are my backups, um, and yeah, I think that that's a pretty pretty straightforward side. Obviously, there's a few combinations there at centre. You could pick a winger or two, change, but that's where I'm at. So not yeah, totally, it's, a, it's all pretty self-explanatory. I don't yep. think any questions really need to be asked about why you picked what you did. So yep, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I might dive in then, if you don't mind, and I'll run through um, the second half of my starting side. And I've made a I've made a recent change, and it's a bit tinfoil, but we'll go with it. <laughs> um, I might just run through the second half, and then I'll run into my bench because the two are connected, um, and then I'll, I'll I'll kick off from there. So I've got Sullivan and Caesar. I don't think that's overly surprising. I think Fainu and, and Galvin are nipping at their heels, but they are two 18-year-old former schoolboy debutants. Neither has played first grade unless you count um, Latu's game for Tonga off the bench. So I think they're not far away. And to be perfectly honest, I think Latu could play from round two, but I just think the slightly older 
more experienced guys. In Caesar's case, extremely older will be given first shot, and rightly they should. Uh, I've actually made uh, a change and put a little bit of uh, fire in my starting pack. So I've actually picked Pole and Atokamanu as my opening props. And there's a reason why I'll explain in a sec. Appy is my hooker, Bateman and Papali my second rowers, and I've picked Kit to give it, be given the opportunity to own the lock middle jersey. He's got a decent pass on him. He's been training there with a few others over the off-season. I see lock as an area that doesn't have an obvious solution to it. So I've picked Kit Laoli'i to have a crack, have first crack. And off the back of Pole and Laoli'i starting in that, that pack, I've now got Twal and Clemmer as my props on the bench, uh, alongside Sam Fayunu and Kepaoa. Or Kepaoa, sorry. Uh, now, I'll explain. let me explain three things. I've moved Clement to the bench because if I pick that young pack, I, I would actually want the likes of Clement and Twole to come on and every week one of them come on at the 20-minute mark and actually play out the game because I yep. see them as very similar style players and then you inter- interchange the other one. Uh, and what that would actually do as well, as much as Pole and Otokamanu have experience now, you've got Papali'i and Bateman on the edges who are very experienced, uh, but it's a relatively somewhat inexperienced middle, almost almost neglectfully so, uh, but that stuff doesn't worry me too much, provided they're not getting steamrolled, but having the, the likes of Clemmer and Twole to come on at any point in time to provide experience in that middle is really valuable, and I actually think you're going to get a bit more out of Clem, as much as we've spoken about how we're really pleased with him, play him in a slightly different way, uh, and you can get a little bit more out of him off the bench, possibly. It's not my favourite idea, but it's me trying to find a lock, and if I'm going to play Kit at lock, I need experience on the bench to come on. The second, two of three, I want to explain is Sam Fayunu. I picked him because he's a bit of a prodigy, big raps on him, but his versatility primarily. I could have picked Seifarts in there, Seifart. Um, and it, very likely he's probably in, in the 18 or 19, Seifart. Good quality, high energy player. Um, obviously low ceiling compared to some others in our opinion, but Fayunu can play on an edge or prop at middle, so there's versatility. The final one is Kapoa. And the reason I picked Kapoa is... I know a lot of people aren't fans of Kapoa, and I'm not always the biggest fan of Kapoa, but AJ Kapoa has the potential to play in the second row, on the wing, at centre. You know, if you want a utility, he's your utility. Um, the only place you couldn't play in the halves, but you can shuffle other things around. So in my eyes, the versatility of Samuela Fainu and Kapoa gets gets them on the bench. But me being me, mate, I might switch that in five minutes and, and start all over again. We'll see how we go. Well, what I will say is you mentioned a couple of things there that made me just switch mine. So, <laughs> All right. I noticed you fiddling yeah. with your keyboard. So uh, let me know. What are you thinking? So I've – well, my starting isn't the same as your starting except for yep. my lock. So originally I had Matamura at lock, but I will be completely honest and upfront here. I actually forgot about Pole. It's – I'm very hurt that I forgot about him because I love him, but I did actually forget about him. But – uh, so my starting pack is, oh, well, obviously the halves are Bud and Caesar, same as you. Uh, same reasons as well, actually, exact same reasons. We've got Galvin, we've got Fainu, who have actually never tasted NRL yet, 18 years old. You know, they've still got plenty of years ahead of them. Um, let them play against men for a while and let them develop that. Um, their time will come. Their time will come. Uh, my fronties are Steph and Clem, because I think Clem... He adds that aggression already off the bench, which is really what I am hoping for. Um, off the bench? Sorry, as a starter, he already adds that to the pack. It was 
Yeah, the thing that I always think about from a podcast, oh, podcast, Jesus, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, from a starting forward position is if you remember, I think it was 2013 State of Origin, Tim Grant running directly at the Queensland Pack. That's the kind of thing I want from the start, and I think Clem does that. Um, and he also has got a cool head on his shoulders. We, we saw it last year. Uh, he's really learned to channel that aggression. So he's got my start. Back row is actually, like I said, the exact same as yours. Um, Pappy, uh, Bateman, and Kit. I think, yeah, Kit's actually very much a decent lock. He did all right there when he started, and I, everything that I've been heard, he was on my bench originally, Kit was, um, as kind of that powerhouse middle to come through. But I need to make, great. sorry, I, I need to just make a comment based upon that selection that I made is that. I wouldn't be playing Kit as I should have said this earlier. I wouldn't be playing Kit as an eighty-minute lock. I'd be playing him as the starting lock, who then can rotate through. So I might even move, say, Polay back into lock position. I might move Twall into the lock position. And I mentioned before the likes of Clemmer and Twall, I think, could come on at twenty minutes and play out the game. Mm. The ability then to give Lala because he will not have the lungs, he doesn't have the aerobic capacity to be able to get through that amount of workload at the age of nineteen. Um, you then push your traditional. Polay Twal, who have played lock, but basically they're a third prop. You push them into that role to fill that space. Yeah. Lele can come on maybe for a small 12-minute stint at the back end to play that impact middle that you were talking about. Um, it's That hasn't been lost on me. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, no, that's fair. And that's definitely um, kind of where my head's at, but more so the person that I think, for me, that can tie that up really well is actually Twal. He's the one that would actually... Uh, come on and tie up everything quite well. But that's not my bench. He's not there for my bench. He's there as a fronty. My bench as a utility is actually Matamua. I think Matamua is actually not a decent... Um, we know he can play lock. We know he can second row. He deputized in hooker when Appy went off a couple of games. Um, he can jump in the back row, push Bateman into the centers. I think he's a, a good utility to have. Uh, I've got Twal, obviously. I've got Sam. And I've got Pole. So, you know, not too much difference in terms of you and I, but um, yeah, obviously things have just been tweaked in terms of who's starting, who's benching. So, yeah, look, it's good to see we're, we're on similar pages. Uh, what I wanted to run the eye over, and this is entirely hypothetical, obviously, and as speculation is by nature of speculation, but uh, mate, let's just go through a couple of scenarios, say, with those sides that are very, very similar. And let's say a half goes down. Okay, so mm. a Sullivan or a Caesar. Uh, what are you What are you shuffling around with the squad that you've produced there to try to cover for that? Uh, so let's say it is a like Bud or. So for me, it's. You know what? I think that either Bud or Caesar can play a dominant half role. I don't want to push Appy into there again. I think Appy's needs to be a hooker. Needs to create that. You need someone just to be serviceable. So for me, it's Bateman pushed into the halves as just that middle linchpin. Um, it's like to a, get link, it to a link man. A link yep. man. Yep. Okay. And then you can push, you know, Matamua, Kit to the back row. You know, that's pretty serviceable in my eyes. Yeah, oh, that's not a bad option at all. Um, I don't disagree. I think that basically if that happens, then some of the playmaking gets shifted from from – the two halves back into Appy a bit more, sort of like he played this year. He played as a playmaker from hooker, and he will continue to a degree, but I think he wants to down, downgrade the reliance on that. So Appy, 
if a half goes down in my side, Appy kicks a bit more. Um, and then I probably have – I have a Toa probably push into 5'8". Toa's played 5'8", and he grew up mm. playing fullback. So he's enough of a ball runner to be able to do that, and he can dish out a pass if he has to. And then I've got to cover centre, and we've got options, like we said. I'd probably push Kapoa in my side out the centre. I mean, obviously, this isn't first choice, right? This is a, a scenario. This is a um, scenario, yeah. Correct. So that would save me shuffling the back row with, like you said, Bateman being an option, obviously, as well. Um, obviously, starting as a centre when he first started playing over in England for Bradford. So, um, yeah, that's halves covered, I guess. Um, obviously, we're both thinking that Appy's an 80-minute this year. I don't think carrying the likes of Simkin or TDS on the bench this year is something that um, provides as much value maybe as other options. If Appy goes down, mate, what are you thinking? For as in for the side that we have now, or just for hooker name? cover. So you're one to seventeen. How are you covering um, your hooker if Appy goes down? Oh, it's got to be Madam Moore. That's the reason I put him there. Perfect. So you've need... got a ready-made replacement. That's that's perfect. Uh, see, I don't, and so in that type of situation, I would actually do something really similar. I'd probably push Sullivan in, and then I would pull Toa into uh, yeah, okay. and then I would put Kapo in the centres. Yeah, that's um, not a bad idea either. Yeah, so that way we don't actually lose a whole lot, in my opinion, um, as opposed to me trying to push a non-hooker forward in there. And I don't really have that that pseudo-hooker uh, lock uh, replacement like you do in Matamua. So yeah. that's probably the way I'd go about it. Yeah, that's, um, not, that's not a bad idea, if you're being honest. I don't think we need to really discuss if a prop goes down. I think both, both of us have got enough prop or prop options to cover. Yeah, um, I guess the only other option then maybe if we look at say a senator goes down, so say Olamotor, you yeah. discuss Bateman. Yeah, Bateman pushed into the centers for me. Um, you know, it it wouldn't be so obviously we're saying just one center goes down, but if we go, you know, play devil's advocate and we lose a center and a winger, which does happen quite a bit, you know, people have to cover that. Obviously, a little bit of shifting needs to happen there. Um, to be honest, I would probably have my halves defending as far wide as I could, but attacking in the middle, um, just for the speed factor. So you'd, you'd have like a little bit of your second rollers that can have a bit of speed to the back of them. You know, your Matamuas, your Poles, uh, push a little bit further wide, but your halves will be defending where the speed matters. So. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, I think that's probably just covering those those sort of scenarios as well. And like we said, very, very hypothetical, but it's just interesting. I think it's um, – if you are going to sit there, and many people love to do this sort of stuff, they like to create their 1-17 to 17 prior, and um, it's good fun. And it's a, it's a good little exercise in actually playing through a few scenarios and thinking, what are my selections like if I were a coach and um, and why have I put certain plays in certain positions and what happens in this scenario? And I just think as, as a football fan and as, um, as people – as you and I are, mate, and, and as our listeners are who, who love the game enough to uh, to consume excess media on it and, and do these types of lists, uh, I think it's just a really good way to cover all your bases and um, get your thinking maybe from different perspectives and thinking from the game a little bit inside out rather than just watching and absorbing like some people do. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, mm. And it's also, it, it's like you said, it's a bit, it's a bit of fun. It's... Instead of just being run-of-the-mill, um, oh, this is who they'll most likely pick, you know, predicted teams, it's like, well, who would you want to be there and why? And that's why I think I enjoy doing stuff like this. So, Yeah, no, definitely. 
while we're talking about options, I guess, if we just really quickly, let's go by position and just, just throw what the, the options are realistically for this year, maybe or just for round two, just for the listeners as well. Hop on the West Tigers site, have a look at the squads. There might be a few names if you're not familiar with some of the up-and-comers that we might be able to provide you with. I won't talk about too many that are going to be playing a lot of cup, um, but there are a few names there for me to pick from if you're looking at, you know, hopping on one of our socials and, and throwing you under 17, which we'd love to see you do. Obviously, fullback, it's Puller and Staines, essentially, mate. Uh, anybody else you could see at a pinch playing there? Possibly Toa? Possibly Toa. Uh, yep. I think Lob might have played there a couple of times in New South Wales Cup as well. Um, yeah, we Probably those couple, though, eh? Yeah, I think I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. But while you're talking about that, we'll, maybe we'll talk about. I'll, I'll bring up uh, the West, the New South Wales team, if it's been named. So New South Wales Cup team, because uh, we've you know we're thinking about you know ten round ten onwards. There's people in there that could potentially fill in as well if they're training trial. So, oh yeah, um, but like we said, you know. Round two uh, is around the corner, and I guess um, focusing on where we're sort of starting in the year can't hurt us either. A name that neither of us have mentioned, obviously, because we were talking about round two, and there's a lot up in the air with him, is an Adam Dewey type. Um, yeah. Just on a bit of a tangent, mate. So let's say he gets back and, he, and he's playing some okay footy. Um, where do you do you see him finding a spot in the 17? And Because um, let's not forget, Adam Dewey at his best is a gun. Absolutely, but unfortunately, I think I think we've signed quite well to fill any gaps that he could potentially, you know, fill. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's say, for instance, he demands selection. He's playing that good. He demands selection uh, with his knees and with, I guess, everything that's happened to him, poor bloke. But uh, I can't see him playing in a, in the back anymore. Um, I would potentially put him at lock uh, as a ball playing lock. Uh, he can he can defend. He's all right at defending. He doesn't have to make those decisions that uh, a half tends to out wide. He can mm. just put his shoulder in and you know have a nice hit. So that's that's where I put him if he demands selection. Yeah, which you know if he comes back and he's you know at least eighty eighty five percent of the player that he was, which you know. Multiple ACLs never good, but he's every chance of doing that. Um, he will. He would walk through a New South Wales Cup. We we know he's an NRL. He's an NRL quality through and through. So if he does, he does get back on the paddock and he is playing decently well. He will be in the contention somewhere. For me, he's a fourteen. To me, he's, yeah. a, he's a really good option at fourteen. We're not we're not sacrificing uh, Simkin game time. Not that his development is really you know, in our future as much. We're certainly not, we're not putting, pushing uh, talent back too much by doing that. It just gives us, you know, a lot of versatility around that. My only concern with playing Dewey in the forwards, and I don't disagree that Locke or second row is possibly his position, uh, if he is able to continue playing first grade football, is that his major issue has always been his defence. Um, and granted, playing 5-8 or even at fullback, um, it's been... Uh, if not broken play defence, which is it's a, it's a weird dynamic as it is, but edge defence. And um, is it is it um, him being a victim of the people inside and outside him and, and second-guessing or having doubts, or is it just the fact that, you know, he's got the shoulders of a snake and, and never really was forced coming through to 
um, to use his shoulder and his in his defensive tackling style. I don't know. Does he have the defense to play in the middle? I tell you what, it would have to be a pretty big focus for him. Uh, and if he's looking to play lock, say we throw him on a reduced twelve month contract for twenty twenty five, I'm happy to explore that. Uh, but I need five ten kilos on him, and I need him to start to learn how to use those shoulders because yeah. um, I'm not risking him on an edge. Uh, and no. in the middle, he can hide a bit better. But I just front on. We haven't seen his front on defense. It's been that long since he's played, and probably that long since we've we've seen examples of it. Yeah, see, I never thought he was a horrible defender. Um, I did. I, I thought <laughs> people inside him or outside him were worse, and he had to make decisions. He's just his decisions were poor. Um, I don't remember his efficiency being that bad, but I have to look at the stats of that. Uh, mm. But you're you're still 100 percent right. Uh, he needs to add some kilos on his frame if he wants to go into that. And you know what? Personally, I'd like to see him get back. I'd like hmm. to see him get back on the paddock and play good footy. But he has to realise that his days in the halves and the backs are gone. Hmm. Uh, his knees can't do it. You know, he doesn't um, probably doesn't. He doesn't have the speed anymore to get on the outside of people like he used to. Don't put your knees in those positions anymore. You know, he's got to look after himself as well and. To be honest, you know, it's not hard to just look, protect yourself in those sort of areas when you're in the middle. Um, Correct. And often in the middle, you know, where, where a player is running at you, straight on. Yeah, so you, exactly. you've normally got a bit more time to set your body. Um, you've got a bit more time to position your legs out of the way and lean into the tackle with your shoulder. So, yeah, I agree with you all on that, mate. But um, we did go a little bit off the deep end there. That's all right. <laughs> that was my fault. Usually um, is. Yeah, usually. Always is. Yeah, always. So I did want to – I know we're talking about something else, but I did want to just run through um, – I don't actually have times. I should have times. I don't have times. But if you were sitting there listening to some of the junior results from earlier, wondering or wishing where you could watch this stuff, New South Wales Rugby League do have a new app apparently. Uh, I'm not plugging this because I'm not a big fan of the fact it's paid. It is a small paid prescription – subscription, I should say, is my understanding. Uh, but that can be something you can follow up and have a bit of a look at. Obviously, if you're local down down in the area, head out to the games. That's the best way to wrap your heads around some of these these kids we've got coming through and some of the systems that we're trying to work. Uh, otherwise, keep on the New South Wales Rugby League Facebook page because they do post updates, they post clips, they post highlight videos and stuff like that as well. And I'm not sure whether they have fully transitioned over to this new app or... They are still doing uh, some live streaming uh, through New South Wales Rugby League.tv. So that's something worth investigating if you want to have a look. There are a few games last weekend, if it's anything to go by, some games Saturday, some games Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry, I should have a bit more detail, but I'm sure that though you can find those details on the New South Wales Rugby League uh, webpage if you're interested. SG Ball, uh, the West side in particular, if you get the opportunity, that's the game to watch. Yeah, 100%. But you were talking about depths of the team. That was a tangent and a half. That's what we were talking about. I knew we were there. Yeah, that was so, that was one of, that was one of the biggest tangents you've ever been on. Excuse me, you, look, mate. It takes two to tango, and I don't go. Men, I'm always on point. Two man canoe, mate. We we sailed off together. You both, you're paddling just as hard as me. We weren't going very far. Yeah, but you. there was a leak in the dinghy. It's fine. Again, your fault, mate. <laughs> All right, uh, so we discussed our fullback options, our wing options we're moving to. We've got Staines, Tupo, Lobb, um, Ali Marlowe, uh, Naden at a pinch, Tower at a pinch, 
Kapoa, hopefully he'll not. No, um, not again. Not, not reflective of him as an individual, but just uh, him, him on a wing, definitely. Well, they, was, the whole reason was they made him put on size to play in the back row and they chucked him on the wing. He lost yep. speed. Of course he did if he puts on size. That's another senior special, mate, that one. Yeah. Centres. Uh, you and I both have Olam and, and Toa. Obviously, Olam is far and away the best centre in the club. He's a walk-up start. We know what he brings. Very lucky to have him in that sense. Um, as in, it's not a, much of a selection dilemma there. We've got uh, Atape, we spoke about, come down from East Tigers in Brisbane. Ale Marlo come over from formerly Chiefs and Highlanders over there as a rugby convert. Very exciting. I'm particularly excited about Ale Marlo personally. Um, we've got Solomon Sakuru as well, who is a young junior that came through development deal last year, is my understanding. Yep. Uh, solid big fella, still quite young. I think he's only 20, Solomon. Uh, we've got Josh Folletti, big raps on Folletti as well. We saw him make his debut last year. Again, a lot of these up-and-coming guys are relatively young. I think we've got the youngest, if not one of the youngest squads in the NRL, and we're starting to see a bit of an example of that as well. Uh, we've got Kapoa who can play in the centres as well, and then maybe a Dewey or something, possibly, two, although we're both... And Tupo can play in the centres in a pinch. Tupo can, sorry, yes, as well. Uh, and obviously, as I said with Dewey, we've reiterated that, one, it's late in the year. Two, we're not fans of him out wide there. So there are probably options in centre. And I would put it to you, mate, that even though centre has traditionally for the longest time been one of our weakest points, uh, there's two. There's a couple of ways you could look at that, I guess. Is it weak in terms of star power? Well, yes. <laughs> and is it weak in terms of depth? Well, it also has been, yes. I'd say now that, Whilst we don't particularly have star power centres, Olam certainly is helping that, um, definitely quality. Uh, I think then underneath that, there's a lot of potential to be quality. We're going to wait and see where the daisies bloom. But I think it's a bit hard to argue we don't have depth in the centres or at least options, right? No, it's it's the most – it's the biggest depth I can remember in that position for a very long time. You know, um, well, let me – I'll throw straight back to you, but let me just say that there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players in the top 30 that can play centre. Yeah. Only a third of our top 30 could play centre for us. So, yeah. And many and of them are specialist centres. And that's the thing. Like I, like I said, I can't remember us having that much depth in that position. And it's been something I've been quite vocal of the last couple of years, you know, pretty much for as long as this podcast has been on, is that's something that we've needed to fix for a while. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the star power is definitely better, 100% better, uh, but it's not all the way there. You can't sit there and say that Olam is an out-and-out star. Uh, we didn't sit there and pay overs for him and you know get this one who's in the prime of his career. But in saying that, he has been centre of the year, which was only two years ago. He um, he has that attitude to work hard and get back to that form, which can only bleach onto or leach, sorry, onto the younger guys. You know, yeah. this is the standard I'm setting. If you want to come with me, you got to you got to pick up your act. And I think that's definitely going to help. You know, the likes of Sakura's like Fatape, all of them. So, yeah, yeah, good influence, no doubt. Yeah. All right, mate. Um... Into the halves, we know our halves situation, right? Um, Sullivan yeah. and Caesar were both picked as our starting halves. Uh, Lockie Galvin, Latu, as our uh, probably our next cabs off the rank, with Dewey having played yep. halves. He's a specialist half, not due to a halfway through the season. Pro- probably doesn't come into contention. 
I would say they're the only four, right? We're not looking at anybody further. Not really, but they you, did, you did say that, you know, Toll has played there before, again, in a pinch. Yeah. He could probably be fitting and same as Bateman, but they're not in the they're not really in that realm. No, in in an emergency, more of an injury cover on the yep. run than anything. Um, yep, our our hooker situation quite good, I would say. In our top thirty, uh, we've got three that we could throw in and be relatively satisfied. Albeit, Talon is very inexperienced and very young, but clearly a quality player. We've had Simkin play eighty um, several times at hooker for us in the past, yep. and obviously we've got the best hooker in the game, in my opinion, Happy Coruscant. Um, just pipped in um, of Harry Grant, and yeah. another former West Tigers player, might I add. Debut uh, for the Tigers, geez. thank you very much. Mate, geez, we breed good hookers, don't we? Eh? Like, there was no swap deal at all in that one. No, not at all. I, no. I use that, that word breed very liberally there, extremely liberally. I love you back, Harry. <laughs> you, can play, you can play next he day. He wanted to stay. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, the Harry Chance at Leichhardt or Campbelltown or wherever it was. When they struck up, I might have attempted him. Probably not. I'd no, like no. to think so. No. Uh, so from Good point. Just, just as many as he would have won with the Tigers. That's right. And he would have won two more silverware for that cabinet if he had stayed. Just bottom end of the ladder. Hey, mate. Second to first silverware. loser. Yeah. All right. Uh, forward pack, so... Uh, Front row, obviously, uh, we've got Pole, Otokamanu, Clemmer, Twal. They're the mainstays, as we well know. We know that we've got Sam Fayuna, who has come in, young fellow who can play in the middle. I think he's they're looking at building up a bit of versatility with him. We've seen Seafarth play in the middle. We know that Papali'i has had a desire, actually, to play in the middle in the past. He's, he's said as much. Uh, we haven't actually seen him play in the middle for us, but um, something that he you know, can do, I guess, at a pinch. But obviously, he's one of our... Uh, First pick players and first pick second rowers, that's not happening anytime soon. If we want to extend that concept of prop into well, more missed, of a... The, the third Fayanu brother. I was just about to say that, but no worries. Thanks for uh, Crystal well, you Ball. you said extended. He's out and out. Oh, of well, that's not really extending it. He should have been in there. As I was about to say, Toby, um, no. I was going to extend our the props to uh, encompass the, the term middle. So we talk about a middle be inclusive of a lock or that pseudo lock type of role. Obviously, that lock role is a big spectrum these days, right? You've got your your Polay types last year or you've got your um, Cameron Murray types in, in other situations, you know, small player, quick feet. You've got, um, you know, the likes of Isaiah Yo, who, um, you know, big, strong, powerful, but good hands. So it could be anything. So Sione Fainu, I'll throw in there to your point. <laughs> um, the other two I was going to throw in were obviously Kit, who I picked as my lock, Justin Matamua, who... To be perfectly honest, he's a big unknown quantity. We've heard his name for a while. We've seen bits and pieces of him, um, but we haven't really seen a whole lot of established um, games in consecutive uh, in yeah. – anyway, what am I trying to say? We haven't, we haven't seen a, an extended run of Matamura in that position. I haven't seen a whole lot yet, but um, interesting one to keep an eye on is, is Justin Matamua. Jordan Miller is top 30. If he plays this year, I will be extremely surprised. I just yeah. don't see him developed enough yet. Um, still a young man, 131 kilos and 192 centimetres. So he's a smidge, he's a smidge, a smidge At tall. 19. 
at nineteen. He's, he's not he's not chunky either. It's solid. Oh, no, it's puppy fat, mate. Yeah, he's a he's a former chubber, but he's um good player though. But yeah, I don't think ready yet. The other one I'll mention is Chris Fatanutu. So that's the bloke I keep raving about, formerly mm-hmm. referred to as Fatagutu. Obviously, that's we've been corrected. So thank have you. We? I did not know that. Not, not officially. Okay. <laughs> I have corrected uh, off the back of hearing him in his interview on behind the roll with the West Tigers. So Chris Fatanutu as well got big raps on him. Um, so yeah, look, there's a few middles there, but quite quite a lot of youth in that prop position. Even the likes of Polly, who's what's Polly twenty one, twenty. Fanua Polly is younger than twenty four. He's either twenty or twenty one, and I'm going to say twenty one. And he is twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty two this year. A lot younger than you than you give him credit for. Not you. Yeah. A lot younger than we do because he's been around for a while because he's a gun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, if you look at uh, Chris Van Nortu, uh, Kit Laleti, they're both 18. Sam, Sam Fayuna, who's played a bit five first-grade games, he's only 19 himself. Even Sione, I think he's only 22, 23, hasn't yet made his debut. So, you know, there's four or five there. Matamu has played, you know, a small handful of games. Jordan Miller is 18, and he hasn't made his debut, probably won't. Pole's only 21, who I've got starting. So, you know, there's a few options in prop, mate, but... Um, in terms of experience, maybe we're skinny, right? Very much so. Yeah, very much so. I think that's definitely something that we're lacking. Like, And I think that's probably why the reason why I keep Clem as a starter is just to keep that experience. Like even Steph, you think about, you know, Steph is pretty comfortably the leader of our pack. You know, Clem is there, but Steph's the leader. He's only, what, 20, he's only 23, 24. Yeah, see, I still see Clemmer as the leader of the pack, but... Part of the reason I did want to mention, I'm glad you brought that up, um, is that I want this year to be the year that Steph does take over that role. And and by putting him as the key starter, I guess that's what I was trying to achieve a little bit as well. Um, so, but I take your point. He's a young man himself, 23, yeah. 24? 23. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, very interesting. So the only other position I guess to look at in depth would be second row and once again, we've got good starters, mate. We've got our Papaletti and Bateman, who I actually think are both going to have improved years uh, and going to be better again. I don't oh, think I'm it's... hoping for ice's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then once you peel back the layers of those two, I personally believe we're a bit skinny. We've got a bit of versatility that can fill in there. Uh, but beyond that, we have, have a few that are, might need to re, be repurposed. There's a few... Uh, youngins or debutants in there. So let's just go through the options there. Seafarth is listed as a prop but has played on an edge at a pinch. So, again, it's versatility that would put him there rather than um, specialty. I know that there was some talk about Farnutu again possibly retraining uh, and doing a little bit of work on an edge where uh, he could use his skill set a little bit better. But, again, debutant probably a little bit away from first grade. Uh, scroll down. We've got Bateman and Papali'i, obviously. Sam Fayunu can play on an edge and same deal, 19 you know, looking to, to try to crack into that space. Tony Sukar is probably the only other, along with Brandon Tumuth, sorry, the only other specialty second rowers. Tumuth having played one game from the bench and Sukar on a development deal this year, um, yeah. having not made his debut. So same thing again as we find with Prop. You know, there is a couple of options there. Kapoa obviously being the other one that can, can play there um, and, and probably will get a bit of time there. But, yeah, not a lot of experience, mate, after... Um, behind the front lines. No, no, that's, um, you know, it's interesting. We sit there and we say we've got some depth in the centres. You know, we finally figured that one out. 
Uh, looks like we're starting to get a bit skinny in the back row, so I guess you can't have it all. Um, but yeah, just it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, we know how tough, uh, well, Ice and Bateman are. Um, but if they go down, yeah, I think it's going to have to be some makeshifts for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that happens, uh, you know, at, at certain points in, in clubs, progressions, that's going to happen. And you can see, obviously, that, you know, we've invested heavily in youth. And I think that, you know, you fast forward two or three years, we've got pretty good coverage, particularly with, you know, another couple of off-seasons of recruiting areas of weakness. Excuse me, but by virtue of the fact that we've got so many young players, you're going to peel back the curtain a little bit on your starters and you are going to see inexperience. And um, that's just come, that just comes with the territory of that sort of approach. And we, we, don't, we, we don't or we haven't been in the position, I should say, to be able to bring in a heap of experience for one to two years in this position because then we risk taking up spots for some of these players that we see more in the long term and we don't want to block pathways. It's a, it's a tricky situation. So I guess this year we leave ourselves a little bit exposed in that regard in terms of experience in that second line of defence, um, particularly in the forward pack, as you said. Uh, but I think long term, those things will level themselves out a little bit. Little bit. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I agree. Mm. Very good. Well, yeah, mate. Well, um, I think we've probably just uh, bent everybody's ears just about enough for this week for episode two for 2024, mate. Anything oh, you want to touch on? Yeah, I think uh, it's probably not a bad idea to, um, because obviously trials next week, bring back a you know, bold prediction that we do every, every episode. But maybe because we're talking about the teams, maybe we talk about a bold prediction uh, in terms of Smokies that potentially... Right. I'll go on for you. Breakout star in 2020. There you go. Smoke, there you go. So bold prediction for the breakout star. I think yeah, there's, that's probably a good one who's, for us. Who's your breakout star this year? Obviously, last year, hello, Jareen the Dream. Mm-hmm. Won, it by, won it by 20 lengths. Uh, mate, I'll, I'll give you the honours. Mate, I'm going to go with Kit. I think yep, Kit showed right. more than enough for me in his last game that he's made for NRL, he's made for first grade. I think he's going to be another pole in terms of just going from strength to strength. So kit for me. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, Have you got a backup? I'll let you have a backup. Um, You know what? Probably, uh, probably Lob. I think he's my only other one that can really fall into that category. You have a look at those breakout stars there. That I've got there, and we have a look at the the depth that we have. Can't see a lot of those guys getting a lot of game time to really get situated in that category. So I've got yeah, I've got Kit and then Lob as my backup. Yep. What about yourself? I've got a couple of directions I can go, uh, but I'm going to stay away from our 18 year old prodigies in Galvin and and, yep. and Larton. I think they'll speak for themselves. They'll get their moments. We'll see a lot of them over the coming years. I think they will both be superstars. Hopefully, we can hang on to them. But I'm going to go. Uh, with two, I actually think Alamalo is going to hit the ground running. Okay. I think he's actually going to demand selection and he'll get in. And I think he's going to be a presence. I think he'll play on the wing. And I think he's actually going to be um, hard to leave out okay. halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to really turn out to be one hell of a fine. And the other one um, is not new. I'm going to say Pole is going to finish the season um, as our premier prop. I actually think he's going to overtake Steph, and I think he's going to force his way 
into the run-on side. I picked him straight up, but I think he's going to take one of the starting spots by the end of the year. And I actually think he might get spoken about in origin circles this wow. year. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Victorian junior, but I think he's eligible for New South Wales in accordance with a couple of bits and pieces. So, um, yeah, I actually think Pole's going to have a breakout year this year. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't say no to that. We're both huge fans of Pole, so oh, he's got he's got all the tools, mate, doesn't he? Here's, here's a question, but Alamalo, like he's not technical. Well, he is technically a rookie for the NRL, but he's played Super Rugby. Would he still get the rookie honors? Yes. Will okay. Warbrick was up for uh, Rookie of the Year, and he's played um, you know, New Zealand Rugby Seven. Yeah. So true, yeah, and he's yeah. 20, 24 or twenty five. Warbrick, yep, yeah, okay, hmm. yeah, it's a funny one. I guess you make your debut when you make your debut. So yeah, I think Sunia, uh No, Taruva is um, he is younger, isn't he? He's still nineteen twenty. Yeah, quite. he's still yeah. I yeah early twenties if that. I mean, Jareem's twenty two. So yeah, yeah, you know. Um, you know, we had TDS and Kitten and Faletti played 18, four years younger than Jareem last year. Um, so, yeah, Jareem is, I guess, the youngest guy, uh, and he was our our rookie um, that we put forward. So, yeah, very interesting, mate. I like that. I'm glad that you you kicked off with a, um, that concept. Not um, not necessarily bold prediction because it's not for a game, but, yeah, the breakout star, that's a good one. I like it. Well, you're, you're the one that manoeuvred it. I just fed you the, fed you the information or, you know, dropped the seeds for you. Mate, you did a beautiful job. You, oh, you, pruned up, you pruned up that idea gorgeously. Well done. Oh, look at you with the analogies. Well, I'll tell you what, that's the only compliment you get all year, so I hope <laughs> you enjoy it. <laughs> I'll take it. Eat it up for dessert. I'll take Mate, it. Mate, if you've got nothing else to say, which is rare, I know, but if you've got nothing I else know. to say, I might jump into PSAs. What I will do is I will say, if you yourselves, uh, ladies and gents, have a, uh, a breakout star of your own, as well as your 17, mm-hmm. Throw it on YouTube, throw it on Facebook. Love to hear your comments. Even if you want to sit there and tell me how wrong I am, please do because <laughs> um, I probably am. <laughs> Let's be perfectly honest. We get on here, we riff, not sometimes, most of the time. That being said, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, that's where you find us, Tiger Town Podcast. Uh, same name on all platforms. We are working. We've had people touch base on Apple. We mentioned it last week. We are working on getting Apple up and running. Neither of us are on Apple devices, if you exclude, exclude my MacBook. So we are doing everything we can because we know we're in the minority and there is a lot of people that use Apple Podcasts. So uh, we're working on getting that up and running, genuinely are. Um, make sure that if you are on any of those platforms, any of those social media platforms, comment, like, subscribe, whatever they do, do it all because we love it. Um, write us a message. Tell us what you enjoyed about the show. Tell us what we can improve because we're just two blokes having a yarn my friend, aren't we? Generally goes for over an hour of this yarn, but it's a good yarn. Absolutely. But room for improvement, we've got it by bucket loads. So give us a bit of feedback. Um, glorious when we get that, and we're so, we're so appreciative. So thank you very much. Uh, the other two podcasts we always mention, we always put one of them first uh, because we are in regular communication with those guys over there because they're genuinely good fellas who produce spectacular um, content. That's, of course, the West Tigers podcast. You'll find them on all your major platforms as well. Jump onto the Ambush as well. Um, they are associated. They are they are together. That's on the Facebook page. Wonderful community. Super supportive. Uh, super supportive of our show as well. The Ambush. Um, Kelly Hollis 
um, and Gary Watson are two people that you might want to touch base with and ask if you can jump in on that awesome chat that goes on there on Facebook as well. Uh, West Life Podcast is the other one as well, who do quite a good job. Um, those boys are doing good work behind the scenes. And my understanding is I think they're back next week from what I've heard. So um, expect your Tigers content to come in thick and fast. I've been yammering on again with PR, PSAs. I've got another one for you, okay? Uh, just another reminder. Thanks again to our show sponsor, Best on Ground Digital, bestongrounddigital.com. Uh, they are the digital marketing agency that looks after the little guys. There's nobody better in the business, nobody more humble. Uh, jump on if you are asking anything marketing-wise. They've got you covered, bestongrounddigital.com. Toby, you had a great show, mate. Well done. Oh, thank you. What's it? That's two comments. That's two positive comments in one day. You feeling all I'm right? A drunk. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, yeah, that helps. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> don't get too used to it, my friend. That's it for this episode. I can't wait till next week. Next week, hopefully, ladies and gents, we're going to have a team list, maybe, or maybe a squad list. Yeah, we start speculating, bold predictions, the whole the whole bit. It's all gonna back. be good stuff. It's all back. My friend, that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Toby Burke, go the Mighty West Tigers. Go the Tigers. Stop.